1: Every day, I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how our first off-season report card series starts today, starts now. We're in it. This is happening. We are doing offensive tackles. And we are starting with offensive tackles because I wrote a piece yesterday about this. Well, no, scratch that, reverse it. I wrote yesterday about this because I knew we were doing the show today and I had a take that I wanted to get out there. I think... The future right tackle of the Green Bay Packers is Elton Jenkins. And not just because I think he can do it, but because I think they want him to do it. Let's Tarantino this. Let's start there and get back to it. Let's start with the guys on the roster from last year and their grades. Two starting offensive tackles, primarily David Bakhtiari and Billy Turner. David Bakhtiari is an A. He was awesome all season, did have some injuries. Obviously, that's not his fault. Maybe would have been an A-plus if he had played 16 games. And I don't think it's unreasonable to believe that if he had played in the NFC Championship game, Green Bay has a Super Bowl title. Again, not his fault. Then not his fault. But that is the difference between Winning and losing sometimes. And if Kansas City had a full complement of offensive linemen, maybe they beat the Bucks as well. Not being able to block that front is a huge problem. Turns out you have you have to be able to block, even if you have an incredible quarterback. So he gets an A. Billy Turner, remember, this is this is somewhat graded relative to expectations. So like if you're a backup player, you're graded based on being a backup player, based on being a rotation level player. Billy Turner is a high B, a high B. And and the reason I say that is because he was a a more than serviceable right tackle who also played left tackle, who also played guard. He played a little bit of everywhere. And he wasn't great. He's not elite in any of those areas. But he's certainly better than he was over the course of last season, although I think his, his 2019 was underrated among fans. And he acquitted himself at tackle in ways that, frankly, I did not see coming. And, and longtime listeners of the show will know that from the start, I, I did not understand why they paid him so much money. But I speculated at the time that perhaps it's because they view him as the future right tackle or at least the post Brian Bulaga right tackle. It turns out not only is that true, they told him that when they signed him. That he was going to play some tackle and some guard. I wish we'd known that at the time. Okay. Rick Wagner. Now remember. We're grading this based on your role. Okay. He was signed. To be a swing tackle. He was a swing tackle. Now he had to start some games because of injuries. But that's what a swing tackle does. He's not a preferred starter. So. In that context, he's a he's a B plus A minus because he's he's a swing tackle. Now, when the Packers signed him, the expectation was he was going to start a tackle. Billy Turner was going to be the guard. And that's just not what happened. And it became very clear right away, you know, he was playing some tackle, but but Billy Turner was also playing tackle and rotating at guard. And they wanted Turner at tackle. They wanted him to be the tackle because. They could have played Billy Turner at, when when Billy Turner was hurt, they could have played Lucas Patrick at right guard and Rick Wagner at right tackle. Instead, they played Elton Jenkins at right tackle. And when you go back a year ago this time, going into the draft, I said, they don't have a right tackle of the future. They don't have that guy, and they would be smart to draft that guy. And I put it in a lot of mocks. The Part of the problem was there, there just weren't that many guys that were going to be in a position for Green Bay to draft that, that could help them. What did Green Bay do? What did Green Bay do? They took a quarterback who didn't play. They took a, a third-string running back, and they took a third-string tight end. And then on day three, they took three interior offensive linemen. And then in camp, to open week one, you have Rick Wagner and Billy Turner doing all this rotating, Matt being very cagey about who is going to play week one, who's going to start a tackle. And then all of a sudden, it's Elton Jenkins out there. And then in week nine, Injuries hit again. Elton Jenkins, he plays left tackle and plays well. By the way, Pro Football Focus liked both of his performances at tackle. He played, you know, basically a third of a season at center for Green Bay in terms of the games that he was there with Corey Lindsay being out. You have to know protections, you have to know what everyone is doing, you have to think that guy is really smart to be able to do all of those things. He basically played every position on the offensive line. So why not, given the positional value of offensive tackle, why not play him at right tackle? I think that's what Green Bay is also thinking because they had opportunities to draft a long-term right tackle. They had an opportunity last year. They had an opportunity the year before that, the year they signed Billy Turner. They knew they were going to play him at tackle, but almost certainly he was not going to earn a... Third contract, you know, a second Green Bay contract, but a third overall contract with the Packers. And Green Bay loves to plan. They love to plan. And yet they come up with nothing. I think there is a very real possibility that they view Jenkins as that player. And we've talked about this a little bit before because, you know, I, I did that mock draft where I just said, okay, what if they, what if they think that? And I made the case you know, a little bit at the time, hey, I think this could be a thing that happened. The more I look at it, and the more I think about it, and the more that I dissect it, and the more that I view you know, the, the roster that they've built, they have all of the pieces to put together here. A, a, a comfortable interior, and uh, you just slide Jenkins out. The positional value of a good offensive tackle, even if he's a very good guard or an elite center, I think he's more valuable at tackle because you can just plug in a guy at guard. They already have John Runyon Jr. You plug him in at left guard. All right, now you got to figure out center and right guard. Lucas Patrick can play either. There's still one short, but how many times have the Packers found that guy on day three? They just did it with John Runyon Jr., You know Josh Sitton, TJ Lang. The list is long. David Bakhtiari of guys that that they have found later in the draft— who have come in and given them really good snaps. It's harder to find that elite tackle. If you don't take that elite tackle in the top 50, if you don't take that guy there, you're probably not going to find him. The David Bakhtiaris are the exceptions that prove the rule. And it's true with quarterbacks. It's true with pass rushers, corners. And, and generally speaking, it's true with tackles. I mean, look at the best, the best tackles in the league. Ronnie Stanley just got a historic deal. Laramie Tunsil. These are first round picks. These are these are big time prospects. You know, Tyron Smith was the best left tackle in football for a long time. Ryan Ramcheck, first round pick. Now, you know, there's there's other guys out there. Bakhtiari is, is a great example. But Primarily, especially right now because of where the league is with all of the CBA negotiated padded practices and what you're able to do and what you're able to learn based on limited practice time, it takes longer for these guys to develop and it's harder for them to develop because they're not developing at the college level the same way. It's a lot of quick sets. You know, so much of the game is focused on seven on seven and the passing game and it's quick passes and it's RPOs and they're not having to do the same kinds of stuff. Now, that stuff is in the league to be sure, but the game is just harder defensively in the NFL. You have to block a little bit longer. You have to have better technique against these guys. And so finding that solid tackle is just Harder. Think about the times where Green Bay has had season-ending injuries and some of the guys who've had to step in. Think of the disasters of the Don Barclays and the Allen Barbers of the world that have had to come in and play tackle, the Marshall Newhouses. It's, It's a disaster. And think of, you know, the Cowboys offense. They were so dominant in 2016 and even into 2017, 2018, you start to lose. You know, Tyron Smith starts to slip. You start to have some injuries along that offensive line, and all of a sudden, the offense falls apart. It's all about mitigating your weak links, and those weak links hurt you less when they're in the interior. They just do, and and even with all of the, you know, the focus on oh, the best way to beat a team is is create pressure up front, and that's true. There's just so few guys that can do that. Now, if you move Jenkins and you lose Corey Lindsley, that's a lot of of really good play up front in the middle that you're losing. The good news is they don't have to do it this year. They don't have to do it in 2021. Billy Turner can still play tackle. He can still play right tackle. Um, you know, maybe Bakhtiari is ready by week one. Maybe you know he he nine months from his injury would put him it ready by week one. They do not have to have him ready by then. Um, but that is not crazy. We've seen guys do it. Brian Bulaga was back in nine months from his ACL, and, and they've seemed to compress that timeline so much more. If you just get a veteran, and we're going to talk about those options here, for those of you who are new to the report card series, we're going to look at free agents, and we're going to look at the draft as well about what the Packers could do if, in fact, they view offensive tackle as a need. If it is the case that they do not view Elton Jenkins as a long-term right tackle, if they think his value is better at guard or center, then there is a pretty sizable hole at right tackle. Do they see it that way? And what they could do to fix it in the draft and free agency, that's next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. Pitchers and catchers reported, which means baseball will be here before you know it. BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Right now, go to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. You put money down, they will match it up to 50%. But not without that bonus, code, get the code locked on, and they will give you that 50% deposit bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I think Green Bay, if they do not think Elton Jenkins is the guy, I wonder what their tolerance will be for the risk of drafting someone and hoping that that guy is the player. Over the course of 16 games in 2021, there really aren't any questions, I don't think, about who the starting offensive tackles are. In 2021, it's going to be David Bakhtiari and Billy Turner. Who are the other guys? Now, Green Bay, especially in the last couple of years with Brian Gudekinst, have shown an appetite to say, hey, we think we can can fill some of these gaps with free agents because it, it is hard to find these offensive linemen in the draft. So here's Jari Evans to plug that right guard hole. Here is Billy Turner. He's he's going to replug that same problem area because Jarry Evans, you know, ends up walking away from football. Now you have, let's say you have that right tackle. Well, you need someone who can come in and play right away and someone you can afford. So that means guys like Trent Williams, they're off the board. You, you just, you're not going to pony up the dough and, and go through all the salary cap machinations in all likelihood. You're not going to do that for those guys. So are there people in free agency that Green Bay could sign for very little to come in give them, you know, that swing tackle presence, that Rick Wagner presence. By the way, it might be Rick Wagner. And and I got into a little, you know, tete-a-tete with Andy Herman about this. He thinking, "Oh, well, you know, you you don't have to do it now. You could wait and try and renegotiate." No, I no. You need the cap space before the end of the league year, and so you do it now, and you say, "Hey, with this, we, we'd like to have you back. If you can go out and find a deal, let us know. Uh, but you know, let us let us get it. Let us have a chance to match it because we, we'd like to have you back. The number is just too high, and it was. Now, I, I, for them, I didn't think it was in terms of his value to this team. I thought you could have worked it out." But, you know, who knows? Maybe they want to keep Preston Smith. Maybe they don't want to advance all of that money on the on the Rodgers number. They need to, they need to use Rick Wagner's number. He was one of those guys that that was a salary that made sense for that. It's like in the NBA, you have to have salaries to trade. You know? If you don't like the Bucs are in a position where they don't really have salaries to trade to get better. They need to rely on buyout guys. The Bucks put themselves in that position. The Packers. You know, they only had so many contracts that they could just eat before you have to start to restructure, before you have to start give people years and extend. So Rick Wagner was that guy. I think he, he could be someone who ends up back in Green Bay if there's not a market for him in, in free agency. And maybe, maybe either way, you know, maybe he's comfortable, you know, went to the University of Wisconsin, obviously, so local kid. Um, maybe he says, look, I'd I'd like to play in green Bay. I liked it here. I mean, I had a, I had a good season and I'm going to get a chance to win a Super Bowl. What's not to love. What's not to love. And I'm not saying take less money, but you know, maybe it's his preferred destination, but there are other guys. Um, you know, Mike Remmers has some familiarity with the scheme. Um, not a great player, but a swing tackle. That's, that's what you need. You know, Calvin Beecham. These are, these are all guys who are veterans, who are not high upside guys. They're not going to come in and be all pros for you. They're not going to come in and get big contracts either. So that's, that's where you're looking to find value. You're looking to find the Rick Wagners, the guys who can live up to their contracts, maybe exceed their contract. I thought Wagner certainly exceeded his contract in value last year. And so can you find that guy from this group? Russell Okun is another one. I think he's a perfect fit. Someone who could come in, veteran, you know, he does have some injury questions, but if he's only going to start three, four, five, six games at the beginning of the season, when you're most likely to be healthy, sign me up, sign me up. That makes a lot of sense. He is someone who's been in the league for a long time. I'm sure he'd love to get a ring. He's still a good player and he's a swing tackle. Great. Now on the low end of cost but you know maybe the higher end of upside is someone like Alejandro Villanueva again not a great player but has some physical tools a big tough dude you know talking about a you know a former military guy and is he going to be all world no no but could he be good enough to just get you through that's what you need you need to get you through guy you need to get you through, guy. Someone to just get you through. Someone to just get you to David Bakhtiari. Whenever he's healthy, just be there and and be there long enough for for Bakhtiari to be back. That's all Green Bay needs. And uh, you know, do they do they really need to spend high draft capital? If it is the case that they think Elton Jenkins is the right tackle of the future, they do not need to spend high drafts capital on an offensive lineman. If they don't, hey, we, we got an all-pro guard. Hey, we got an all-pro center. If that's their mindset, then they do need to do that. And the reality for them financially is they don't have the, the resources to spend on a Trent Williams. Not really. And, and they probably don't have the appetite to make the numbers work. All of the stuff that you have to go through. I mean, we talk about this with JJ Watt, who, by the way, said he's going to take his time to decide on a new team. Um, to do all the things necessary to sign someone like that, I just don't see it. And and given the way that Green Bay has been able to patch these things together, you know, over the course of the last few off seasons, hey, just we can just get a guy. Let's just get a guy. And they and they found that guy, and and I think that is something that they can hang their hats on. Now, can that get you into trouble because you you have you know, sort of an over reliance on your own ability to scout free agents, and then all of a sudden those free agents dry up? Yeah, I, th- I mean I think that that absolutely can happen, um, but they also would have the draft and and other avenues to to get themselves to to make everything work out. So, a question that really has two answers based on how they feel about Jenkins, and the only secondary answer, you know, the the non hey it's Jenkins answer comes in the draft because they just are not going to do what they need to do or would need to do to make some sort of splashy move in free agency. We're going to talk about the draft opportunities next. Before we do, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I can't say enough about these flavors. It has my family hooked. We take them everywhere with us. If we're getting in the car to go somewhere, and we're going to be gone for more than like an hour. My wife is like, hey, grab a Built Bar. What flavors we got? Let's do this because it's just the perfect snack and it's, and we split them all the time, you know, on the go. Hey, just want a couple bites just to give yourself a little energy boost and they taste great. That's the thing about these things. Unbelievable flavor, especially in some of these high end flavors, you know, the double chocolates, the salted caramels, the, the peanut butter brownies. I love the coconut brownie. The coconut almond is really good. Even if you don't like coconut, I'm telling you, try them. And they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Right now, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on at builtbar.com to get 20% off.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: You know, I made the point earlier that if you want a really good offensive tackle, um, you have to do it early. You have to do it early. This draft is a perfect encapsulation of that. If you look at, you know, pick a mock draft, pick a big board, you're going to see a bunch of guys in the top 50 and, and probably more precisely in the top 40. I mean, there's, there is this elite group of guys and, you know, it's Rashawn Slater, it's Pinay Sewell, it's um, Christian Derrissaw. There is this group of guys that are going to go in the first. Now, how many of them go, you know, this is, this is the most volatile, I think, um, draft that, that we've had, even including last year, there was some volatility last year because we had less information. Now we have, you know, another step down of like, okay, what information are we really going to have with these guys because of, you know, the no combine, the the limited interactions that they're going to get in person over the course of this offseason, I scour the big boards that are out there to try and put together my lists of the guys that I'm going to study. There are five guys that I found who are in a top 32 somewhere. So it was Sewell Slater, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, who he's sort of all over the place. I mean, PFF doesn't have him in the first two rounds. Um, and then Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State with Derrissaw. There is also Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who I think is a guard, but some teams could see him as a tackle. After that, Dylan Radins from uh, North Dakota State. After that, it really gets bleak. You know, there's not that second-round tackle you're just like, oh, yeah, man, that's my guy. You know, like I, I last year, Jack Driscoll was that guy for me. I was just like, hey, anytime after the first Green Bay could take this guy and I'd feel good about it. I thought he was that good. I, I don't know if that guy is in this draft. I don't know if there is that fourth round guy that I'm going, oh yeah. I'm into that. That's great. And and that that doesn't necessarily color, you know, the way that I that I view Jenkins as a potential solution, but it might color Green Bay's view of it because they're the ones that have to make those decisions. They might say, look, We think the best thing to do is to have Jenkins be the right tackle in 2021 because he's going to be the right tackle moving forward. And Billy Turner is going to play left tackle until Bakhtiari is healthy. And then Turner is going to go back to right guard and Jenkins is the tackle. And then you have John Runyon Jr. at left guard, Lucas Patrick at center. Bang, you've got a really good offensive line. And the more that I think about it, the more that I think that might be the best way to do this because you're prepping yourself. Hey, if Jenkins is good at right tackle, you're set. And if he's not, okay, now we know. Now we know. And Billy Turner would be going into free agency. You know, after 2022, he's under contract two more years. To me, to me, I think Jenkins could be a better tackle than Turner. Now, at the same time, Turner has been a better tackle than guard, so you have to balance that as well. There are some interesting questions that you have to ask there about where you can get value and where you see your roster. There are some talented guards in this draft. There are some talented centers in this draft. You know, Landon Dickerson from Alabama, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. I mentioned Vera Tucker, who I think is a guard. Maybe they say, okay, we're not going to invest in a, a high draft capital offensive tackle because that guy exists on the roster. But there are these guards, there are these interior offensive linemen who could fetch a premium because they're really good. And you could see a repeat of the Elton Jenkins pick. You know, if someone is there at 62, you have you're in a good position to grab somebody and 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 really, um, you know, give yourself the best chance to succeed on the interior. Now, they could also just say, Lane Taylor, come back on the veteran minimum. Uh, you're going to play guard. Billy Turner is going to play left tackle. Ellen Jenkins is going to play right tackle. They still don't have a swing tackle. You can you can sign that guy. You can sign that guy. So maybe it's as simple as if someone is there you know, if the best player on their board and they are, you know, relatively militant about best player available, if the best player on their board, you know, if Christian Derrissaw is there, if Jalen Mayfield is there, if Tevin Jenkins is there, you know, Sewell and Slater are, are probably going to be top 15 picks, unlikely to be there when Green Bay picks, but I will not rule anything out. And if you are, the, the no way that guy's their guy, uh, chill out. There is always a way that guy is there. Then, then I think I could see green Bay making a run like that. I and mean, I think that I could see them say, Hey, you know what? This is the best guy. And, and now you don't have to move on Jenkins. You can leave him cause he's an all pro guard. He's an all pro center wherever you want to put him on the interior. And, and your team just sort of fills out that way. I mean, that is, after all, the beauty of taking best player available is you're in position to do that. And if you don't have that guy, okay, cool. They have options. And that was what was so great. That's what made their offensive line so good last year is they have so many flexible pieces between Turner and Jenkins and and John Runyon, who who played, you can play both sides. I think you could play center. Lucas Patrick can play guard or center. That gives you so many options. We haven't even talked about Josh Najman, who they like as a developmental player. And with a hopefully more full offseason, you know, I heard from a a Packers player uh, recently that they're expecting at least for a while, um, at least for the spring, uh, another COVID offseason. If he could get, you know, a little bit more in, you know, camp or whatever I, I do think there's some talent there, but but they can't they can't bank on that as a developmental player as a as a swing tackle. You probably want a little bit more reliability with David Bakhtiari hurt. Once David Bakhtiari is healthy, you worry about it less, right? They they don't have to use their resources there, but they could. That's the position they put themselves in, and I think it's a really advantageous position to be in. So look if you're if you are. You know, using the the, uh, the that tackle as a, a premium position, and you think they're going to put, you're putting him in their mock drafts. I think that's fine, but my suggestion would be only do it if that guy is clearly the best player that you can take at that spot. If there's a corner, obviously do it. If there's a safety, obviously do it. If there's an edge rusher, I think you do it. And we're going to talk about this. If there's a linebacker, I think you'd do it. I think Green Bay could be in a position to take a linebacker, and I know that goes against everything I've been saying for months and months and months on this show, but we will get there on that offseason report card coming up, well, whenever we feel like it. Um, I, I think we're going to do corner next. i got to watch those guys, but let's do corner next. Um, we will get deeper into the cornerback position, I think, as the draft approaches because – Um, That is a position that I think Green Bay is going to have heavy interest in. And I have nine guys that I've seen in the top 32, according to someone I think is smart. So that means Green Bay at 29 is going to have plenty of options of these guys. Now, whether they like them is going to be a different thing, but there are going to be a lot of guys who could be in that mix. And Green Bay will have a chance to talk um, to all of them if they want and and could take a and could take a big chunk of them. We expect that Certain, Caleb Fairley, and JC Horn are probably going to be gone. But that leaves guys like Tyson Campbell, Craig Newsom, Eric Stokes, Greg Newsom, not Craig Newsom, Calvin Joseph, Aaron Robinson, and Asante Samuel Jr. So.